Hello Tigers! Welcome back! Um, today, <clears throat> we are going to spend a few minutes talking about the history of podcasting. Um, it's a short history, so it's going to be a short video. The idea of uploading a radio show to the internet for people to download with RSS tools actually dates all the way back to 2000. A few um, people played with it over the next five years, um, with some app development going on. But it was an idea ahead of its time, it really was. Smartphones were several years in the future, and MP3 players probably existed, but the iPod didn't yet. So it was like, cool, I can download radio shows to listen to on my slow, wheezy desktop computer at home. Awesome, sign me up. <clears throat> well, a few people did, but most people didn't really see it. Well, okay, so then the first breakthrough happens... With this little device here, um, late in 2001, Apple came out with it. It's the iPod, of course. And now, um, suddenly, there is something you can do with this new RSS technology. So, a few people start making shows. And a few other people start making podcatchers. Now, these podcatchers, they weren't on your iPod. They were computer programs that would gather the episodes, and then you would plug your iPod into your computer, and they would upload them to it. <clears throat> That way you could play the programs like music. You would browse down your your playlist here, thing, you know, looking for playlists or or you know, um I can't remember how it worked. I think browse and they would be organized as if they were on albums of music. Well, it got easier for podcast listeners in 2005 when Apple decided that podcasts were going to be an important part of their um uh, unique selling proposition. Um, and they released a version of iTunes that had native podcasting support, podcast listening support, rather. And that's when the market really started to open up. Almost none of the shows from before 2005 still exist, but there are a bunch of OG shows from 2005 that are still popular today, or at least that still exist. My, uh, my kid brother was in on the mediocre show, starting with episode two in the summer of 2005, literally a few weeks after Apple came out with that new, um, version. Uh, Dan Carlin, a radio guy from Eugene, uh, jumped aboard with a show called Common Sense. Both of those shows are still going. Taylor quit the mediocre show after a couple of years, and uh, Dan mostly concentrates on his hardcore history show, which is where you probably remember his name from. But the shows, they're still going, along with dozens, maybe hundreds of others of 2005 launches. Lots of them didn't last, though. The Corvallis Gazette Times launched a podcast that year, too. This little mini-boom kind of thing, but it was kind of a, uh, an indie or a, or a cult mini-boom. Uh, the Gazette Times, um, Teresa Hogue was a reporter for the Gazette Times at that time. She works for OSU now, um, and she spearheaded the project. They set up a little booth to record them in, and um, they do a, a podcast every day and put it out there. Um, when she quit her job to, to move to OSU, nobody carried on with it, so it kind of died. And you have to remember, at that time, podcasts were still super niche. Um, probably fewer than 20 people were listening to that podcast every day when Teresa was putting it out there. Um, it was also a lot of trouble to consume them, which is why only 20 people were listening. Um, you needed an iPod. Those things weren't cheap. They were like $500 for you know, 10 gigabytes of music. Um, you had to plug your iPod into your computer 
sync it up, manually delete the episodes that you'd listen to because your iPod was only five or 10 or 20 gigabytes big. Um, these early ones were at least very few people were in the scene enough to do all that work. Um, particularly considering that a lot of what podcasts were other than, you know, the, the, you know, mediocre show shows and, and things like that. A lot of what was on podcasts was NPR shows and radio shows that were just big it was shovelware, basically where you would take, you know, Tom and Ray Maliazzi, the qua talk people, um, would just take their radio show and put it on a podcast. Great. You can listen to it anytime you want. Um, which was, which was all right, but it didn't necessarily justify all the work and trouble of downloading the episode and deleting old episodes and doing all of that kind of stuff. Well, along comes Wi-Fi, and that is the second breakthrough. Actually, there were two breakthroughs at about the same time, and they worked, excuse me, that was a rude sound. They worked together in tandem. Um, the uh, Wi-Fi was huge. This happened in about 2007, and now what could happen is your iPod Touch could download episodes directly without bothering you at all. The episodes would just be there when you were ready to listen to them. And iTunes could be set to automatically delete them when you were done with them, too. So this was kind of huge for the few people who had Wi-Fi-enabled pocket devices like I, um, iPods and later iPhones and other smartphones that existed at the time. Um, for people who had Wi-Fi-enabled MP3 players and smartphones, um, and the first iPhone came out in 2007, there were several others that would that could play this sort of thing as well. Nokia had an N95 model that actually was designed around MP3 player capabilities. Blackberries could do it and and so on. So there was, you know, a small and growing community of smartphone users and for whom this Wi-Fi capability made it suddenly very easy to incorporate podcasts into their day. But again, it was a small group of people. Within a few years, other stuff had happened, though, too. Um, and that was uh, the third breakthrough. Smartphones, the diffusion of smartphone use into the general public was about, it was like about a two-year uptake where we went from smartphones being a niche thing that your crazy early adopter neighbor was into to... Um, Everybody had one. And if you pulled the flip phone out of your pocket, people looked at you like, where did you come from? Um, yeah. So the other thing is that device makers other than Apple had gotten involved. This is a Motorola Droid X. This was, was, um, the phone that I was rocking when I started podcasting actually in 2010. Um, basically, yeah, by 2011 or so, or really 2010, all the pieces were in place for the great podcast boom to be possible, but it was about four years before anything like that happened. Most likely that was because there was no viable revenue model. The advertising market was pathetic. Podcasting numbers were so low that hardly anyone was interested in, in, in um, advertising. Almost all podcatcher, podcasters in the early days, and by early days, I mean 2012, 2013, most of them had um, affiliate or uh, arrangements with audible.com under which <clears throat> if somebody from your podcast went and signed up for audible, you would get $15, $15. Uh, <laughs> there just wasn't much money. Uh, for a long time, there wasn't much money. Patreon didn't exist. Kickstarter wasn't a thing yet. 
podcaster was podcasting was basically a hobby, but it was a hobby with the potential to be a lot more than that. I remember talking about podcasts in NMC 101 in 2012 and 2013. Um, and I said, nobody really knows yet when podcasts are going to take off and what they're going to look like when they do, but they are going to take off and probably pretty soon. And so kind of watch this space. I think they were being held back by the early gab casts like the mediocre show. Uh, in 2013, if you said podcast, people assumed you were talking about two young guys drinking vodka and talking about how much they hate emu music, emo, emu music. Well, they don't like that either. And they probably don't use Liberty Mutual, but anyway, emo music for, for, you know, or, or, you know, grunge or whatever for an hour and a half. Right. And then you still see that in some, in some shows, um, there, there are some shows which, which you listen to where it just kind of sounds like somebody is just rattling because they've got to fill space. Um, it took time and ingenuity to break the medium out of that rut. Really what it took was this. Serial was brought to us by the folks from This American Life, the NPR radio show with Ira Glass, and its narrative and storytelling style were straight from, from This American Life. This American Life, by the way, along with most other regular radio shows, had been available as a podcast for years. It was part of that shovelware kind of thing, right? There was no downside to porting radio shows over onto podcatchers. It was very easy to do, so, you know, they went ahead and did it. As for Serial, the idea was to take one, a typical 15-minute This American Life episode. You'll be listening to a This American Life episode at some point this term, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you don't already. But they have episodes which are typically 15 minutes long or maybe 30 minutes long, and they'll do two or three of them per episode. Sarah was like, let's do one of those about a, um, you know, about a murder case, and let's do it in serial form for months. <laughs> and, and she did. Working in her basement, um, the, the, the radio station backed her. She got a little bit of other backing to kind of like so that she wouldn't have to, you know, um, wait tables or, or flip burgers to um, make money while she was, was building this. Um, and it was a true crime narrative serialized with cliffhangers and everything. It, it was true. It was journalism and it was entertainment. It was the kind of thing that could not be done on the radio because the only one thing can do, you, you can only do one thing on the radio at a time, right? Because if you're on the radio, basically you've got one radio station that you work for. That one radio station is a bottleneck out of which only so much stuff can flow. So if you're going to hog it for, for a month, or for, for three months, you know, once a week, um, hitting something like that. Um, first of all, it's going to displace a lot of stuff. And secondly, if people miss it, they're going to get mad because in a serial narrative stories built on each other. Well, um, because with a podcast, this brand new thing, I mean, podcasting was a brand new thing that nobody knew what to do with yet. And Sarah was thinking about it in terms of, what it could do that radio couldn't do. And this was one, this was what she came up with and it really worked. Um, Ira introduced it on this American life and played the first episode and then told everybody they could continue listening online. It became like the cultural event of 2014. It was like the podcast coming out party. Um, 
Serial dominated the podcasting landscape for a year, maybe two. It changed the popular perception of what a podcast was. In 2013, you say podcast, people think booze-fueled gabcasting about nothing. In 2014, late 2014, early 2015, a true crime story, Serial. In the This American Life storytelling style, which was for a few years and still really kind of is in in many places, in terms of in terms of journalistic podcasts, This American Life is the podcasting style to the point where it's it's almost like more of the podcasting style than it is the This American Life style. Um, It's a very elegant way um to 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 tell a story too we'll be getting into that when we do um journalistic podcasts well this was a trip and a half to go through this um it was it was a, a lot of fun being part of an industry that suddenly caught a wave like that podcasting podcasting went from being kind of a junky ill-respected medium to the bell of the ball we're still living in the serial era. We're still living in the shadow of Sarah's great narrative breakthrough. But meanwhile, lots of other stuff has happened. Scripted podcasts have become a thing. Stuff like Wolverine the Long Night, which is basically serial, only telling a, um, a, 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 um, a fictional story in the Marvel Universe using tools borrowed from the 1930s and uh, radio dramas. Um, We've got Welcome to Night Vale, which opened the door on alternate reality podcasts. Night Vale predated Serial by a couple of years, but the popularity that Serial infused into the medium gave it a hell of a boost. Um, old school radio dramas started coming back, you know, as such. Comedy podcasts had always been there, of course. WTF with Mark Marin is one of the OGs. I think it came out in, in like 2008, 2009. So it wasn't a 2005 podcast, but it wasn't far after that. Um, I've never, I've never been able to get very far into a WTF podcast. Mark seems like a nice enough guy, but um, he he really takes a long time getting to the point sometimes, and it it's, it kind of frustrates. Um, crossovers. Crossover podcasts that combine comedy with celebrity interviews, those are probably the top sellers today. Joe Rogan's show. WTF is kind of like that as well. Um, <clears throat> of course, there's, you know, Call Her Daddy, which is in the news because as a Soho Karen was talking about tackling that kid that she thought took her cell phone, only he didn't, but she was wearing a Call Her Daddy hat, um, which is basically, you know, like a um, like a sex advice sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so it's become a really vibrant community. There's not a whole lot of money in it. The revenue models aren't mature yet, but they're starting to develop. And big players that have moved into the community have started trying to consolidate it. That's why why you can't get Joe Rogan's show anywhere except on Spotify, because they paid him a bunch of money to take his top performing show and make it exclusive content for them. I heartily disapprove of that. It's actually the main reason why I stopped recommending using Anchor for podcast hosting, uh, because Anchor is owned by Spotify and it's part of their grand master plan to basically own the community. And um, I'm just, I'm just not down with that. (laughs) I like, I like some of the old stuff. 
I like the old ways. And that kind of brings us to where we are today, which is uh, kind of like a liminal point. Podcasts for the last couple of years have been riding a wave of popularity. The, the current climate for podcasts has been compared by me lots of times with the late aughts for blogs. Each day um, brings a new round of celebrities doing a podcast. I think Leanne Rimes is the most recent one to pop one off. Um, Mike Rowe, the Dirty Jobs guy, has his own podcast. Um, there's even um, fake celebrity podcasts. I think Ron Burgundy is still doing a podcast. <laughs> um, one other thing that's changed, <coughs> I'm sorry, one other thing that's changed a great deal in just the last year or two is money. Like I said, there never was much money in podcasting. And this is one of the reasons the medium was allowed to sort of grow in such a low key, um, lo-fi DIY kind of way. My sense is that that started to change when Spotify started getting serious about it and iHeartRadio hopped in. And today there are ways you can monetize a successful podcast to, you know, make not necessarily a full living. Although, you know, if you're, um, uh, uh, my favorite murderer or something like that, you know, you've got, um, if, if you're Karen or Georgia, um, you're making a full-time living podcasting and then some, but you know, for most podcasters, you make, they're making, they're making a side stream. It's, and it's better than zero. On the other hand, there was something kind of nice about the podcastosphere back when it was full of people who were doing it, you know, creative work for fun or for reputation points, you know, it was a, a weird, quirky, unpredictable kind of thing. And it still is, if you know where to look. Well, there you have it. The history of podcasting in, what, 17 short minutes, 18? This will, um, this will be a wrap for the lecturettes for, um, uh, for our discussion for week one. And uh, when we get back together again, we'll be talking about the basics of making a podcast, basic equipment, recording technique, and stuff like that. And so we've got that to look forward to. See you then.